to say this, and I, I say it a, a lot. Um, I think it a lot, I don't say it. You know, we want men's influence in our children's lives. It's a, it's a statement to me whenever we have men working with the children because we want these little boys to learn what a godly man looks like. We want them to know that uh, there are godly men that love Jesus in this world. And so uh, James had volunteered and he passed inspection, which is fairly a detailed inspection to be a, a part of the History Makers team. And he, he teaches. He's on the rotation now. And uh, I've heard great things from the kids. Like, I wouldn't say it, but maybe he's their favorite teacher. I know, because he does violent stuff that those little boys like, you know. It's like he knows how to speak boy, boy speak. And uh, so I'm, I'm proud of that. And guys, we just want to say that's truly true. Uh, the history makers and the teachers in the nursery and the teachers in the toddlers class, uh, they do an amazing job with our children. And uh, we believe in children, don't we? Uh, and you better believe in them because we are one. You know, we're all still growing, right? Uh, this isn't over. It's like this journey's just begun. And uh, we just had this prophetic event, which was a huge thing. And they called it a prophetic event because it really was an event. And uh, I believe that community, they had these words up here, with our Father. And y'all know that's, I, I've been a broken record about that lately. And I'm going to continue to be a broken record about it as long as the scriptures are a broken record about it. Our entire destiny and purpose of existence is to be with God. You know, his dream before anything ever was, was that he could inhabit a human body. That before anything was created, Jesus and the Father decided that Jesus would come to earth and be born of a virgin. And the Spirit of God would live inside of him. And God's expression would be found on earth through a human through flesh, and uh, that's God's dream. And so they had with this, on the conference yesterday, they had this communication, communicating with our Father. And uh, I wanted to go on with that, and I want to tell you there's something serious about this, and I want to, uh, y'all do know this, right? One of my favorite verses, I use it pretty often, and uh, Paul thought pretty highly of this verse. You know, he's the one who wrote it. Colossians 1.27 to them God has chosen. Get this in your head. Today is about God's thoughts. His thoughts, His ways, His ideas, His everything is far above ours. He's way smarter than all of us together. He's way more experienced. And so to, him, to them God has chosen to make none am known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery. In Ephesians, Paul wrote that. He said, listen, this is a mystery that was kept hidden since before the creation of the world. There's a mystery. Like, you don't realize it maybe, but there's a mystery inside of you that the world is yet to see. And his name's Jesus. You know what the mystery is? Christ in you. The hope of glory. God, why would you do that? Why would you put your glory dependent upon the person sitting beside you? Why would you put your glory dependent upon each one of us? That's how you're going to express your glory in the earth is through humans? Have you seen us, God? It's like, what? Since when did you get smarter than him? 
It's like most of us judge ourselves pretty good. Like when I put a picture of that, a picture of a mirror, that guy sitting there in a the mirror, you know the mirrors, mirrors are from the devil, right? It's like that's where we see all of our flaws. You know, I'm not growing a beard, actually. Uh, I really can't. It's weird. Uh, I went for the first time in my life. Have any of you ever been to a dermatologist before? I went the first time. Oh, look, you all know what it's like. Uh, you may want to drink a little bit before you go. I'm just saying. <laughs> hydrate. Water. Hydrate. What were you all thinking? <laughs> right? Uh, I got some things burned off of my face from being a young child that didn't pay attention to the sun. And uh, so they said, don't shave. And of course, I didn't read the paper they gave me. And uh, I shaved the first day and I regretted it. I will not do that again until after these things are healed. And uh, it was good. I was glad I went. But you know, you look in a mirror and what do you see? When I looked in a mirror this morning, I saw these things. These things that the doctor did to me, right? And uh you know how that'll happen. Like if you have a pimple, what do you see when you look in the mirror? It's all you see. You're like, my gosh, it's as big as a mountain. Everybody in the world's looking at that. It looks like I have a watermelon on the side of my face or on the end of my nose, right? It's like if you have any kind of imperfection, what are your eyes drawn to? You know, uh, did y'all watch that movie about the circus? What was it called? The Greatest Showman. That's a great movie. Was that a great movie? And he made so much money off of the fact that we're drawn to things that are different. I said that in a nice way. Like if you see people staring at you, your first thought isn't, man, I am looking good today. They can't keep their eyes off me. I mean, that might be some of y'all's thoughts, but it's probably not. It's like, what? What's wrong? What's wrong? I got, have you you know, I saw a guy today, he had, oh, you know that president guy that used to be president, uh, Trump? Somebody compared me to Trump, Donald Trump this morning. I was like, oh. They said, yeah, you, he's not that good of a speaker. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, yeah, and he has bad hair, too. Did you ever notice his hair, it's sort of funky? Well, do y'all, anybody else here have funky hair besides me? I got a part of my hair that just does what it wants to do. It doesn't really matter, right? So when you look in a mirror, it's not a blessing. You try to fix it. Now, Paul understood that. Jesus, who inspired him to write these words, God's hope of glory is inside of you and the person sitting beside you and the person sitting in front of you with the bold spot and then the God's hope of glory is in every human ever born. When God looks at us and we're born, you know what He sees? Potential. An expression of Himself that brings Him glory and honor. And that's true for every one of us. And, and uh, when we look in a mirror, we need to look at that differently. And, there, and we'll be going over that. But I want to look at this verse today because I think Peter understood this. Y'all know who Simon Peter was, right? His brother was Andrew. He followed Jesus. He was like the loudmouth one that was named the Rock. Uh, he was basically, in the early church, he was the leader of the 12 apostles, the disciples. And uh, he was probably the most vocal one. And so he wrote a couple of letters, which are really good. And in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 1, uh, Simon wrote this. I'm surprised. Here's the way I would, if I was him, I would have written it this way. Simon Peter, 
the best servant of the highest apostle of Jesus Christ. That isn't what he wrote. It's not in there. He just said the truth. I'm, I'm a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ. It was true. You know what true humility is? It's saying who you really are. You're, 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 you're sitting on a throne in heaven with Christ. You are the expression of God on earth today. You see, it was the biggest deal. And then Peter writes this, and I just want to go through this real quick. To those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ have received a faith as precious as ours. You see what he's saying? You and I, when we look in the mirror, we think of our righteousness, we don't think of his. What did Peter say? It's through the righteousness of God, our God and Father, our God and Savior Jesus Christ. Do you realize that when God looks at me, He's looking at the righteousness of God in me? And when I look at me, guess what I'm looking at? The mistakes, the weaknesses, the failings, the inability, the whatever. You see, when God looks at us, He looks at us this way. And Peter understood it. You know, you know who Peter was, right? He was sort of a mess when he first got started, remember? He was a loud one. He boasted. He said, oh, Jesus, I'll never, ever deny you. I mean, these people will, but not me. Then guess what? He denied Jesus three times. Peter was the boastful one. He was the one that said, oh, Jesus, these things won't happen to you. And Jesus said, Peter... He, he said, get behind me, Satan. He didn't call him Peter. Because Peter was a very strong person. I mean, are you, any of you have a lot of willpower? Okay, this, maybe you, that's too positive. Are any of you stubborn? Pig-headed? Opinionated? Judgmental? Right all the time? I mean, not all the time, just at work or at home. I mean, I don't wash dishes like you. And y'all need to learn a thing or two, actually. You wash the things that touch your mouth first and you work your way out. That's what an old lady told me once when I was 24 years old. It stuck in my head. That made sense to me. Oh, yeah. Wash those things first. Wash the other things last. Because, you, you know, back then you didn't have dishwashers. So it's like you're, you had water. It got dirty. Uh you young people don't know what that is. Shelby, whenever we washed dishes, there was a sink with water in it. And you washed all the dishes in the same sink. And then you rinsed them. And then you put them in a rack to dry. Yeah. See, it's all about what we learn, right, Angie? You said we're going to learn today. She wrote her shirt said, I still, it says learn. I don't know. Oh, y'all going to learn something. It says it in Arkansan, too. Guys, you want to learn something today? Learn this. It's about His righteousness and not yours. Where do we get twisted and start to believe it was about our effort, our strength, our, our everything, and it wasn't about what He did, it became about what we do, or what we did, or what we don't do. And you know, when you read this, then He says this, and it's the same thing, he said, this righteousness is of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
What's in you comes from Him. It's by His Word. And we just had a, a, a prophetic event, and we're going to have more. And I'm telling you, if you weren't here, you want, to, you want to make the next event we have. Something happened. We had encounters with Him. And when you have an encounter with Him, things change in you and through you and around you. And He said this in verse 2. Or at the end of verse 1, he says, And you've received a faith as precious of ours. Guys, do you know that you don't work up faith? I don't work up faith. That faith is something we receive from him the same way we receive righteousness from him. It's, it's a precious faith. It's, it's a divine faith. It's a supernatural faith that we receive. And you don't just receive it. You embrace it. It's like a, a wide receiver. Y'all ever watch football? Y'all can ask Josh Davis. He'll explain this to you. You throw the ball out there, and a good receiver goes and gets it and takes it in. He doesn't let the other guy get it. That's how you get faith. It's his faith, and you grab it. You grab a hold of it, and when you grab it, you don't let it go. There is an enemy that's trying to take away every word, every bit of faith God's ever given you. And you know how he takes it away? With facts. With reason, with logic, with your past, with the things that Jesus actually set us free from, the enemy uses those things to cause us to let go of our faith. And then you fumble. And I don't know if you know anything about football. Fumbling is not a good thing. Unless it's the other team fumbling, then it's a good thing, but not if it's your team. It's his faith. And Peter said this, do you know that you and I have the same faith Peter had? what he says you received a faith as precious as ours some some versions of the bible go equal as the same as mine because you see there's only one faith right there's only one faith and it comes from him and is it does he have does he measure faith you know with god is does god have uh, a place in his heart where he only has a faith that's like a five or a six and, and our faith some faith is ten some is a two no with God every bit of his faith is equal it's all a ten it's all a hundred percent and guys when God gives you faith it's his faith and it's the same faith Jesus had when he stood and he stared death in the face it's the same faith Jesus has when he stood there on the in the garden and said father not my will but your will be done so you see, that's precious. You know why it's precious? Because of what it costs to give it to you. Jesus paid everything to be able to give us faith. And the same spirit that lived in him lives in us. And raised him from the dead lives inside of us. So, I love this. Then Peter says, grace and peace be yours in abundance. You know, you know when the enemy wants to, what you to believe? That grace and peace are yours whenever everything's going good. You know, when you've had a big victory, when you've triumphed, when, uh, when you've sowed and you reap something that's really good, like we were, uh, t they were talking about on the video. Like then, we have grace and peace. You see, that goes right back to that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That we judge everything based on outside input. 
if we're getting good input, if we're getting good response, if we're getting good stuff going on, then we have peace and we have grace and we are happy. But what about in the storms? What, what about when the things are rough? What about when, when your evidence around you tells you that this isn't true? Well, you're not righteous. Look at you. Listen, righteousness isn't about what you did right. It's about what he did right. That's how powerful it is. Our righteousness isn't dependent upon our, our righteousness. It was a given. It was through the righteousness of our God. And our God said, this is right. And then we receive that. And then grace and peace come when we understand the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Do you know what that word knowledge there is talking about? A lot of us, this is how I think about it, and this is very valuable and it's, it's really priceless. You can spend the rest of your life learning how beautiful, wonderful, amazing, kind, gentle, present, on the spot. If you knew every miracle that's happened around here lately, you would just fall over and choke. You know, I, I want to learn about him. I can spend the rest of my life just learning about God in the Gospels much less the whole rest of Scripture, or in the stars or the world or in, the, in humans and relationships. God is infinite, and you'll spend the rest of your life learning about Him. But do you know what else this is talking about? It's also God wants us to know about the knowledge of how God feels about you. You see, that's part of what Peter was talking about. He said, listen, this is who God says you are. God says you're righteous through what Jesus did on the cross. God says that you're the perfect vessel to contain his presence and to reveal his glory in the earth. God says he loves you. God says you're, you're the apple of his eye. God says that no matter what you've ever done or didn't do, no matter what's in the past, God says that's dead. It died with Christ. And you exist for one purpose, and that's for to be raised from the dead in the same power that Jesus was raised from the dead. You see, you're, you're created. It's like you're a rocket ship that is empty just waiting to be filled up with rocket fuel. So you can explode off of this planet and go above everything in this world. The facts of this world aren't what controls us anymore. The facts of your life aren't the definition of who you are anymore. His power is beyond anything you have ever done or was ever done to you. That's the truth. And when we believe that, when we know that's how God thinks about us, something happens inside of us. It literally becomes... His divine power in verse 3. He says, His divine power. How can you have peace in abundance whenever you're being persecuted? How can you have peace in abundance when it looks like your world is crashing? How can you have peace in abundance when you slipped up and said a cuss word yesterday? That's so mild, you guys don't even, don't even think about that, right? <laughs> I should have said something, really something. But it's the same thing. Your peace doesn't depend upon your behavior. It depends upon His power. And we've become this, I tell you, the spirit of the Antichrist in my mind and, and understanding, here's what the spirit of Antichrist says. He says, the, you and what's happened to you in the past is more powerful than the Christ inside of you. That's Antichrist. 
The spirit of the Antichrist says, the way you grew up, the words you heard, what you missed, your environment is more powerful determining the, the, the presence of God in your life than the presence of God in your life is. Now, what God wants us to do is to believe His what He says. You see, that's where faith comes in. Can you believe what God says greater than what you can believe what you see? Even yesterday. Maybe you had a bad day yesterday. Maybe your whole world came crashing in yesterday. Maybe you got news that's, that's just beyond breaking your heart. You see, but God said His divine power, and you know, it has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. So it's through these. You see, I think sometimes we wonder, God, what's my purpose? Your purpose is to bring the glory of God on earth through you and to believe Him. You see, our battle is between our ears. It's in our heart. It's what do we believe? And the enemy is so good at telling us bad things. That's why I showed that mirror. Man, we're so good at finding flaws and logically going to court against ourselves. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature. You see, this is a battle of faith. We think what we do or don't do or our ability or inability is what determines whether or not we'll win this war. And you know what he says? It's through those promises. What you believe determines whether you win and escape the corruption in this world. It's what you believe. It's all about faith. And uh, go down to verse 8. So I want to I wrap this, get this part done. Y'all can read all this. It's really good in Second Peter. Uh, I want to make one little addendum there in verse 5. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness. It sounds like Peter is all of a sudden jumping on the work harder band. And that's the exact opposite of what Peter is teaching us. And so that doesn't make sense in this deal. Well, every version of the Bible I can find except for one actually says it this way. This actually is saying when you have faith, this is what's born out of your faith. Which sounds like Christianity. And that's really what it's saying there if you look at those Greek words. It's like when you live by faith, you're going to have goodness and knowledge and self-control and perseverance and godliness and mutual affection and mutual affection and love. If you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge. So here he tells you the truth. It's what you believe about Jesus and it's what you believe he believes about you that will release the power, the divine power of God in your life. Do you believe what Jesus says about you? Are you believing your logic and reasoning and your history and what other people say? Or do you believe what he says about you? You know, I love, we're going to have, I've got uh, three people because I, I want this to be done. Uh, I think I three people asked this morning to talk about the conference yesterday, the event 
We called it an event because they weren't about teaching. It was about being and doing. So if you were one of those three people, would you come up here? Um, I'm covering up my bad memory right now. Oh, yeah, I remember it's Bryant. Uh, oh, yeah, Mandy. Somebody else. Oh, I have another one. No, it's just you two. Come on up, Brian. Come on, Mandy, if you don't mind. Bring that with you. And uh, three just doubled. Okay, good. So, Brian, you go ahead. Now, what I want you to hear here is something important, okay? Uh, go ahead, Brian. So yesterday was just wonderful. Um, there's an atmosphere shift yesterday that I felt different than any event that we've had before. Even in the beginning, that's why God came down in the cool of the evening. He wanted to communicate with his kids. He wanted to talk to Adam and Eve. He wants to communicate with us. That's what the prophetic team taught yesterday, just different ways of how communication. And it was so good you could, that you could just feel the Lord's presence and the Lord's pleasure. I was blessed by it. Come on. Good word, Brian. It really was. Good word. Okay, Mandy, come on up. Yeah, Jimmy, you and Pam come on up. Y'all can stand by Mandy for so moral support. I have Jesus for moral support. A what? <laughs> I have Jesus for moral support. Okay. No, I mean, this is for them, not you. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm morally so, supporting them? Yeah. Okay. Um, so I actually have two things. So the first thing was um, I have... The world has told me my whole life that I have anxiety and panic attacks. And uh, then I came here and I found people that were like me. And yesterday, one of the teachers um, was talking and it, she was saying everything that I've been through out loud. And it broke me. I mean, ugly crying. Um, it was ugly crying. <laughs> it was ugly crying <laughs> um, because the world says I'm crazy. And I have panic attacks and anxiety, and I don't. I just need to understand that I'm not alone. And I have the divine power in me to see the supernatural. Yeah. And I, ha I have to believe in Jesus for that. But the other thing is, um, I, they had a moment where they played a song, and uh, Dana said, you know, go walk around or whatever you feel yeah. like doing. And I felt like sitting in the very back, which is very not like me. And I'm sitting back there and I like had this image in my head of me giving my cardigan to Dan. He was sitting up here and I thought, why would he need my, he has a flannel on, but okay. So I got up and I gave it to him and I went and sat back down and afterwards I went to get it back. And he said, uh, well, Tim had to tell me, he said that he had been praying, God, I can't worship. I can't get into the song because I'm so cold. And <laughs> well, I, I just thought that was so cool that yeah. it was a little something. But yeah, that's big. That's big. Pam's next. Huh? Pam's next. I'm trying to get her to go next. Come on, Pam. It's good for I was you. trying to be a gentleman. We're working on patience. We're working on patience. That's good. You're good. Go, girl. Okay. You go, girl. Okay. So um, We're both from South my... Arkansas. Can y'all tell? <laughs> so my angel you have to is hold here. it by your mouth my angel is here with me so True. right now so i'm so glad that i talked myself into keeping my commitment to dana that i would come to this conference 
Because, you know, you have a million other things that you could, could yeah. be doing on a Saturday. And so, so, so thankful that I came. And uh, there's so many things that took place yesterday. It was your angel. <laughs> or his phone. Uh, that was that giggle that Dana talked about <laughs> yesterday. It, it could have been. There wasn't okay. wasn't a ringtone. Okay, tone, focus, Pam. You're doing good. Okay, you go, so, you go, girl. Um, so anyway, um, so many things. I went home and was telling Tracy all the things that I learned. And then this, mo this morning I woke up and was telling him all the things that I learned. And there's just so much that I could talk about. One of them being my angel that I know is right here with me, that Tim says that this is normal stuff. Yeah, it's normal. No, angels are among us, and this is normal stuff. So I, I feel my angel here with me. I don't know her <laughs> name. But um, just walking the supernatural life in a natural yeah. world. And we have, you know, everything. We have everything. It, in our possession to walk this out. We do. And so when I thought about the conference and I, I, I just figured I will break up into groups and we're going to pray and hear God for somebody and then we'll go tell, tell that person what we heard. And, and I kind of got a little overwhelmed thinking, I just kind of don't want to do that because I feel like I'm not really in that place right now where I feel adequate enough to do that. But anyway, just go. Do, be obedient and go. Yeah. So I went, and I'm so thankful that I did because it wasn't that. It was all about God's telling me who I am. Like, all he wants to do is have a relationship with me. Yeah. All he wants to do is communicate with me. And he communicates with me, not just in words, but because I don't hear those words. I hear, fee I hear get a feeling. Yeah. You know, or I see something, or I see something in nature, or and it was just awesome how God really, he, he wants to share love. And that's what he's created us to do is to show love to other people. But he mostly wants to show me how much he loves me. Yeah. And Come on. It's your turn. Sometimes I don't even know where to start. Um, well, first, we were talking about going... My wife said, we're going to do this. Well, she signed us up for it and didn't oh. tell us. And She didn't tell you. She didn't tell Jace or me. Oh, okay. <laughs> she just signed us up. All right, hold the mic up. <laughs> they, they can't hear you. Yeah. Anyways, um, she said, yeah, we're going to this prophetic deal. And so we're standing there. And I said, okay. And then I turned around because I had a brain injury. So I, I see the words, but I can't say it. And I said, so we're going to this prosthetic deal? And they both started laughing at me, and I realized what I said. Well, today while I'm sitting there, I'm like, well, that's not really a bad way of looking at it. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's parts of me that are completely broken. And yesterday, the Lord gave me a bunch of prosthetics yesterday. <laughs> Come on. Come on, Jimmy. That's a good way of looking at it. <laughs> That's um, during Dana's last song, it was, I put my hands in the air and I couldn't put my arms back down. I literally felt like they were going to burn off. And then somebody behind me, it was either Chris or Jace, they put their hands on me to help me, to help me stand there longer. Hmm. And, and at that point, it was like 
this is it. You believe in me. Stop thinking that you don't. You know, and there was a, I got to tell this story. Quick story. You're taking up time stopping. Uh, <laughs> Alex, watch me, okay? Anyways, my wife, we were having a conversation about, you know, um, um, finances. And she goes, you got to trust the Lord with your finances. And I'm like, well, you know, you know, I pay. And she goes, no, it's more than that. You have to really trust him with your finances. She said, okay, you're going to trust this person to watch our kid, but you're not going to trust him to drive your car. Okay, I get it. That was Friday. Saturday roll, or Sunday rolled around, and she goes, oh, you're really not going to like this, but the Lord told me you need to buy that guy a pair of tennis shoes. I'm like, what? Okay, I'm going to do it. So I did it without question, without thinking about it, just trusting him. And then the next Sunday, come back in, and Pastor Harvey told me I was going to Guatemala. We were standing in the hallway. I was reading. If y'all haven't never went down that hallway, y'all got to check it out. It, it will totally grab a hold of you. And I'm standing there. I'm all by myself, and Harvey come up behind me, and he started telling me about it. And before the day was over, he goes, you're going to Guatemala. And I'm like, I'm an ex-convict. I can't get a passport. Guess what, y'all? I got a passport, and I'm going to Guatemala. Yeah. Then I know, okay, I'm going to Guatemala. Wait, wait, how am I going to pay for this? <laughs> Miss Kay got a message from the Lord telling me there was something that Pastor Harvey needed to tell me. That next Sunday, he came to me and said, somebody's paid for your trip to Guatemala. Come on. If you don't believe, start believing. Come on. Thank you, Jimmy. Come on. So, um, um, Luke chapter 5, who is this Peter guy? Why did he make such a huge impact in the world 2,000 years ago that we're still learning and, and watching? And, be, and you know what? A lot of us are just like Peter. A lot of us have denied Christ by our choices, our actions. A lot of us have doubted who we are. You know, when Peter, uh, in the Luke chapter 5, wasn't the first time Peter met Jesus. I used to read that, and I, I never really paid that close of attention. I was like, oh, that was when Pete, Jesus called Peter to come and follow him. But Peter had met Jesus five or six months before this, and he missed it the first time. You know, just my interpretation. He heard him. He knew something was special about this guy. Andrew, remember Peter's brother? Andrew was the, the holy one in the family. Andrew said, Peter, you got to meet this guy that I met. And then Peter, being the leader he is, he went back to work fishing. You know, months later, Jesus is teaching on the side of the sea, and with such big multitudes, they're pushing him into the sea. Peter and his brother had been out fishing all night, hadn't caught a fish. It was their living. You talk about a bad night? That was how they paid the bills. They were professional fishermen, and then, you know, they were the sons of the guy named Thunder. You remember? Sons of Thunder? That means it wasn't their name, it was their daddy's name. Could you imagine going to work for their daddy and you come back home after fishing all night with the two boats and you don't have a fish? Uh, he probably thundered on them a little bit. Well, they're tired, they're beat. Everything in the world's going against them. 
they failed. You know? You know what that's like, right? They failed. And they're cleaning their nets. The sun's come up. And they're on the side of the, beside the sea. They see throngs, multitude of people, thousands of people. And here's this guy he had met five months before standing at the edge of the water where they're at and said, hey, could I sit down in your boats? Could you just push off so I can teach the people? And you know they were tired. Have you, you guys don't know what that is to be just physically, mentally exhausted after working 12-hour shift all night. But Peter put out and Jesus taught the thousands of people. Then something divine happened. Peter was about to be touched by divine power. It wasn't Jesus' power. It was a spirit in Jesus. It was God. And look what he said. Then he said, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Jesus was a carpenter. He wasn't a fisher. I mean, he was a fisher of men. He, wouldn't, he didn't know anything about fishing. Here's this bozo that doesn't know anything, tells you to go back out, and you're exhausted. And man, it took some work to put out those long nets. It wasn't like putting out a pole. And Simon said, Master, we've told all night, caught nothing. At your word, nevertheless, at your word, I'll let down the net. You see, you want to know what turns the world around? It's when you're impacted by the word. It's when the word gives a word. And when he gives a word, it gives you a divine power to do things you've never done. They put the nets out, and y'all know what happened. So many fish that they were sinking the boats. And you know the end of the story. They went back to the shore. They gave their daddy the boats back. They gave him the fish. And they said, we'll follow you, Jesus, because something happened at your word. And you know what? You and I were created to bring at your word, to bring his word to this world. See, that's what you're created for. But you know what the world has done? You know what we do? Y'all know what this is. This is a nesting doll. It's a Russian doll, right? It reminds me of, of me when I come to church. Um, not really. I've got a, a close-up picture of it. There we go. Because you know what we do when we, we try to do for Jesus? We put, on our, we put our best foot forward, right? We put our, our makeup on. We do our hair nice. We put on our nicest clothes. But that's not who we really are. We come and we listen to somebody who, they, they'll have a word. You know, Pastor Allen, he'll have a word today. The prophetic team, the ministry team, the worship team, the ushers, somebody will have a word today. They'll have it. I'll have an encounter. I will experience the presence of God, the love of God today through one of those people. And so we look good. But you see, the problem with me and you is you know what's under your makeup. You know what is inside that nobody else knows you know your history you know what you thought you know what you did you know when you grew up you knew your lack you know your lacks you know your abilities right and so we put this on and you know what we think jesus if you really knew us you would we wouldn't be anybody special i i don't have anything to give this world you're not gonna get much glory out of this cat 
And you know what Jesus says? He says, I take that outer layer off, and guess what he sees? He says, that's not true. Your past is dead. You were buried with Christ. You were set free from all the curses, all the effects of sin. Jesus' power has created you a righteousness inside of you. You're like, yeah, but uh, I have this addiction. Jesus is like, listen, who you are isn't an addiction. You were created for my presence. You were created for my good. Yeah, but, but I, I have a mental disorder, like Jimmy said. And yeah, he does, sort of a little bit. But it's okay. Well, I've got ADHD, or I have anxiety, or I have whatever. And Jesus says, let me look. You, don't, you know who you really are? Oh, wow. This is who you really are. You see, you and I were handcrafted by God for his presence. And that never changes, not because of what I do or you do or your past or your nothing. It's by his power and his glory. It's Christ in you that's the hope of God's glory. But do you believe that? Or do you have layers and layers and layers and layers of evidence that say the opposite? It doesn't matter how far you go or how deep you go. You know what God's going to find inside of you? Yeah, but. You're beautiful. You're a perfect example of God on the earth. You're the perfect reflection of Him. For in Christ, Colossians 2.9, for in Christ... All the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. God lives in his flesh. All, all the fullness of God lived in Christ. Ed, will you believe this? Will you believe this? In Christ, you have been brought to fullness yeah but I'm not there yet would you just shut up with your logic and choose to believe this and as you believe this you'll continue on this journey where what's true already will become true in reality and God wants to release glory he wants to you to bring the person and it doesn't matter if it's a word, a touch, a gift, a service, a, a, a financial gift. It, it, how at your word for Peter was Jesus speaking to him. At your word for your neighbor may be a pie or a cake or mowing the grass like what happened. Milton gave that testimony last week. Two guys from this church went and ab didn't know who he was from Adam they cleaned up his yard cut the trees off and mowed his grass and he's like that's Jesus where do you guys go to church and he's like that's my church I hadn't seen Milton in 15 years I couldn't remember his name for Adam I remembered his mom though but he disappeared for 15 years and someone 
God gave him a word, a touch. It was touch. You see, it's not you. You and I are just a perfect vessel. We're just the vessel. But inside of us, by faith, is divinity. And Jesus wants to work in the world through each one of us. That's our purpose. That's our destiny. So this morning, we're going to do this. Um, yeah, come on up, Sharon, if you don't mind. Uh, I think that thing that happens at your word is the biggest miracle in the world. You know, Jesus being the incarnation, God himself being born as, as a human, God put himself inside of that baby. Not part of God. Why do, you, why do we keep thinking part of God? No, all of God, all the fullness of God was inside that baby when he was born. Well, guess what Jesus says? The same fullness that was in him is in your body. And that brings God pleasure. He, he designed you to contain him. And now, just like when we eat, that sandwich I ate for lunch yesterday became me. When I eat, when I take communion, when I commune with God, when I have an encounter with Him, a divine power comes in my body and empowers me in this world. And you don't need me, you need Him. You need those encounters. Over and over and over again, you need that same encounter I'm talking about. And that spark lights a fire that sets the world aflame. So this morning, I just want to encourage you, if you have been fighting a battle believing who you are, uh, let somebody pray with you. Because all that matters is do you believe? You know, it, uh, I had 12 pages of scriptures that were really good, but uh, I think it's more important. Because I think today, one of the things God said to me, there is only one faith. And everything's by faith. But you know, the truth is, what Paul said in Colossians, he said, you've been raised with Christ. Set your mind on things above. Don't look at this outward shell. That's just the outward shell. What matters is what's inside. And it doesn't matter how deep you go, what still matters is what's inside. And he said, he said uh, for you died. You know, every layer that I see in this doll, it could be something you did. It could be trauma you lived through. It could be a life you wasted. It could be a choice. It could be bankruptcy. It could be physical illness. It could be death. But every one of those is just a layer. You see, the divine power is beyond anything that's on your outside. For you died. Whatever you did in the past, from this point, every sin has already been paid for. Every sin has already been paid for. So the things that are holding you back, the judgments, the things you look in the mirror and see, choose this week, choose today to believe what God says about you. No matter how bad you are. No matter how dumb you are, how inadequate, how inexperienced, 
no matter what, by faith, believe that God's good. And live that way. And keep your mind set on things above. And don't, don't get focused on the mirror you're looking at. If you want to see who you really look like, look at the mirror where you were created. You were created in His image and His likeness. That's who you really are. So this morning, if you're struggling with some of these, I don't know what to call them. To me, it's the Antichrist. Everything we, we struggle with says it's bigger than Jesus. That's the Antichrist. Nothing's bigger than Jesus. There's no mountain too high. There's no valley too low. There's no ocean too wide. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Nothing can separate you from your destiny with God. See, that's Jesus. And that's you. That's you. The same power that raised Him from the dead lives inside of you. The miracle of the incarnation when Jesus was born is the same miracle that happened the day you chose to follow Him. And now, the same Spirit in Him lives in you. So this morning, let those things go. Let them go. They, they're dead. Let them be dead. And believe Him. So uh, let's all stand up. And uh, Yeah. If you need to... Let some things go. Uh, we have some guys up here that want to pray with you. Maybe you need to hear a word from the Lord this morning. You need to have something like Peter did. Peter said, at your word, I'm going to do what I failed at. What I tried so hard to do. I'm going to try again at your word, Jesus. And there was a, a power came inside of Peter he didn't have the previous night. So maybe you need some power you've never had before. You need a divine power in your life. So these, these uh, teams up here want to pray with you. Rick, you've got something? Yeah, so there was a word this morning that God was going to highlight the opening of eyes. So I believe that's already happened. But there's others that want that to happen. And just I want to pray this prayer. Father, we ask you would open our eyes. We want to see Jesus. Lord, open our eyes. We want to see Jesus in ourselves. Father, open our eyes. We want to see Jesus in others. So amen. feel free to come up for prayer. Amen. Amen, amen. So God bless you guys. Uh, we're going to have people that want to pray with you. Uh, you need to have one of those divine encounters with him. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you for being here.